art can mean different things to different people. For me, it's all about the joy of creating. So if you draw, paint, write, dance, sing, craft, play air guitar, or even sculpt using nothing but mashed potatoes, consider yourself an artist and join the conversation. For the next half hour, meet the artist, learn about their inspiration, and enjoy the beauty of creativity. Welcome to Art Talk with John Cole Artist. Well, good evening, everyone. It's John Cole Artist, and I just spent the last minute talking to Kim Nishida, who's my special guest tonight, not even realizing that I actually wasn't streaming. So, you know, I'm using the StreamYard application in the right-hand corner. There's a little button that says go live. And uh, forgot to press it, Kim. <laughs> it happens, John. Yeah, it's a good thing we didn't get into this deep, 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 long conversation. Um, <laughs> so today's September 12th, everyone, Tuesday, September 12th. And I want to welcome everyone who's watching live or who is watching the replay. Or maybe two or three weeks down the road, you're listening to the podcast on Spotify or one of the other major podcast uh, uh, platforms. So tonight, my special guest is Kim Nishida. She is both a marketing expert and an artist. So Kim, welcome. Thank you for joining me tonight. Hey, thanks, John. I'm so delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about yourself to get us starting uh, started. I'm happy to talk about myself a little bit. Um, my name is Kim Nishida. And actually, although art form wise, um, I'm a writer at heart. Um, but actually, what I currently do in my business, in addition to writing, is I do marketing. And I tell people that I want you to fall in love with marketing, even you artists, because Marketing is the energetic pathway to the clients and the people who want to enjoy your work. Right. Yeah. Marketing. You know, we talked briefly before we went live today and, and really marketing is, is something that I'm really excited to hear you speak about because, you know, I think there's a lot, perhaps a lot of misconceptions about marketing. And I think you almost alluded to that in your intro. Um, but I also um, think that it's a little intimidating. Uh, definitely. And I think it's because we've all experienced marketing that didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean, John? Like it just, it just felt repellent almost, or made you had a very, um, negative reaction. And so I think that's why people say, oh, marketing, who would want to do that? That's really sleazy or pushy. And I would never want to be that way. And, um, so it's kind of gotten a bad rap. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, over my lifetime, you know, marketing to me, and this is probably the, you know, uh, the layman's version, because I'm not, you know, I'm not a marketing expert is either marketing, meaning these are the things that are on the store shelves, right? Your storefronts, right? Your Campbell soup, your Lipton soup, your meat, whatever. Um, and then you also have that part, um, which would be the trying to gain client part, right? Because I think you know, the, the whole idea of mass marketing, for example, the first thing I think about is like all the spam email. And I know that my spam folder in Google Mail, for example, just seems to get a lot of it. Um, but really, that's not what we're talking about here specifically, right? Uh, no, definitely not talking about spammy emails. Um, you know, I think there's there's so many different types of applications for marketing, of course. Like if you could talk big corporations and, you know, all those big companies that we've used, like you said, Campbell's Soup and things like that, um, they definitely employ marketing. But, you know, I think we're here really talking about kind of the online space, which is a wonderful thing. Um, because now, you know, for artists, especially, it was really hard to sell your work and get the word out about what you did, right? Right, if, right. Before the internet, because you could only 
show your work in person. Um, at the very least, maybe you could take photos of things and send it through the mail, right? Remember we used to send things via snail mail. And now with the internet, you can post things online and people can find you from anywhere around the world, which is pretty amazing, right? Um, and I think it used to be easier in the day, John, to get people's attention, but now the, <laughs> the internet is so crowded and noisy and busy. That's why it's gotten to be a, more of a challenge. Well, yeah, and that's a that's a really excellent point because I know for the last few years I've had various forms of my website. <clears throat> you know, for a while I was doing genealogy or genealogical work or family history work, and I was trying to, you know, gain a clientele that way. So I had this nice website. I started this blog. Um, but then the problem I ran into is very similar to really the, the same problem I have today. And I think you're right. A lot of artists have that problem is how do you compete in this, in this global workplace, right? This global environment. I mean, how do you um, stand out? Right. Right. No, it's, it's really hard. And that's why, well, and websites are, you know, we, we put a lot of time and effort into, and maybe a lot of money into putting up a website for your business. And, and we get so it's because you put yourself out there, right? You're mm -hmm. kind of like putting your heart and soul on that website and you feel like now everyone's going to see it. It's going to go out in the world and really nobody's seeing it. <laughs> like you get so excited and think, oh, everyone's going to see it. And then your visits are very low. Um, and it's become more like a website is really more like a business card or a brochure that we used to pass out in the day. And social media kind of is really where it's at, where people are more engaging and seeing things at all. Although, of course, it's harder now to stand out in social media, but I have seen artists that do really well um, via their social media and then sending people from their social media. You know, people have seen a video or a post of their work and then they click through to their website. So that's how they're kind of getting more eyeballs on their work. Yeah, social media is an interesting animal, I will admit. And I don't know if that's because I'm older. You know, I'm over the age of 50. Well, I'm 58. Why not just say it? I'm 58 years old. And, um, you know, for me, having grown up in this world where we did magazines, newspapers, you know, art shows, right? As an artist, if I wanted to get my name out there, I would, you know, sign up for an art show that might happen during the spring. And I have this one-time venue to talk about myself, to show the pieces that I do. Um, same thing with magazines. I remember years ago, my mother, who was also an artist, like you were saying, she would send photographs of her artwork into the magazine. And then if if they accepted it, it would appear in print. Uh, today, you're right. It's 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 an extremely broad playing field. And then when you add in, admittedly, some of the creators out there are just they're they're spot on. I mean, that's why they have millions and millions of followers. But then the question becomes, like we were saying, is how do we stand out in this world where there's this prevalence of marketing and, and, and highly creative folks. I mean, how would we do that? How would I, for example, um, get the word out that I do pet portraits? I mean, what would you recommend for somebody like me? Well, first and foremost, and then, you know, you and John, you and I were having a little conversation before this even started and talking about marketing and our kind of perception of marketing. And a lot of times our perception of marketing is like we said, not, not a positive one, it could be negative. And so we kind of start to believe that in order for marketing to be successful, that we have to do things that we don't feel aligned with, that don't feel mm -hmm. good to us, because that's just the game. That's just the kind of the way it is. And my perspective is if it, and especially for artists, and I work with a lot of people who consider themselves 
empaths or intuitives or mystics, a spiritual side of their business, definitely. I mean, even if you look behind me, like this is not like the business marketing guru, traditional backdrop, right? right? I'm here, like I'm more about you being aligned. Like if you present yourself in a way that is aligned and showing who you are authentically, that's going to resonate more with the people who are meant to be your people, your clients. Do you know what I mean? Like the people right. who will want to buy your work. So I would recommend against kind of censoring or even trying to go. It's so tempting. And I, you know, you can go to social media and see like, well, what are people doing? It's so inspiring. They're so creative. And it's also tempting to say like, I need to be like them. Like that's just a little trap that you just have to be aware of and be like, oh, I'm doing that thing where I feel like I have to be like so-and-so. And I like this about what they're doing, but I would do it this way. This mm-hmm. is how I would make it more me. I think that's kind of a good start. Um, right. And for pet portraits, I mean, your work is like the first time I saw your work, John, I've got to say, like, it took my breath away. I'm like, what? Like, because I knew you before I knew that you did those portraits, right? Mm-hmm. I just knew you was this guy. Um, and then I saw the work and I'm like, John did this. This is amazing. It took my breath away. And so even just seeing those online or even little videos of the work, videos, of course, are, are trending higher than just a post, um, a photo. So just having those out there and just keep putting them out there. I would just do reels and stuff on Instagram where it's just like a video of all your different things. And just it's just eye catching. And the people who are meant to have them and share it with other people will will find them, you know. Well, first of all, thank you very much for the nice comments. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, you know, we um, <clears throat> we as artists, I think, and I'm not going to speak for the whole artist community because I know that everybody feels differently, but I know that, you know, for me, there's always a little bit of resistance with trying to market your creativity because, you know, there's always that part of you that says, well, hey, Kim Nishida just loves this, which is awesome, but is she the only one? And is she just saying that to be nice when in, in truth, you know, and, and I know we've been told this, um, you know, with coaching and various other things that we've done over the years that really it's all about that self-worth piece. So I, I, in my mind, part of, part of marketing is marketing yourself, which really requires you to take a look at your self-worth too, right? You know, you're so right. Like when you're feeling resistant, nine times out of 10, it has to do with self-worth. Um, and I tell like people when I'm working with them who are feeling like, oh God, you know, I don't want to put myself out there um, or I'm afraid to post even mm-hmm. just to put the post up. And I think it's because nine times out of 10, we're putting the focus on us instead of the people we're trying to help. Because I know as an artist, you want to make an impact on people and with the work you do, especially with the pet portraits, you're really giving them this, this gift, right? You really want them to have this representation. Um, like I have two of your portraits and there's one in my kitchen that I look at every day. And it was of um, my dog, Oski, who passed away last year, who was very, of course, part of my family. And so that's a gift to have that. And I think if you were to think of it in that way, you're like, okay, I have this great post about this tile or I want to reach more people like him. Um, instead of, you would be, if you focused on like, I could just help one more person who is grieving the loss of a pet or somebody who would want to gift that to somebody and that would be so meaningful to their relationship. I has, I guarantee you would not hesitate to send that post. You would not hesitate to put that up. But when you're thinking about what are people going to think of me? Maybe it's not that great. 
I bet nobody even buys. Then we feel like, ugh, we don't want to do it. Um, and that's when the resistance comes up. And it's like, don't focus on you, focus on those you want to help. And that's the ultimate goal at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's, that's really great advice. And, and, you know, for folks that are watching or listening that, you know, struggle with this, because again, I, I struggle with this. So I'm just going to admit do. that, um, you know, taking a look at those types of things, you know, kind of change pivoting, right. We've heard the word pivoting a lot through Allison Roberts, through her program. Um, and I think that's really what we're talking about. We're not necessarily talking about, you know, changing your whole persona, but you are just, it's kind of looking at something from a different perspective, right. You know, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The perspective, right. I talk about it in um, my business as the, the lens, what lens are you looking through? Right. You know, and it can be a simple shift to make um, a big difference in how you feel about what you're doing. Yeah. And that just changes then how you actually act, which is cool. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, and it's, and, and the beauty of it, because you're really, we're, we're talking a little bit about art here, but what you're, what you're really talking about is pretty much everything. <laughs> that's you know true. I mean? <laughs> I mean, really it is. And I think that that's, uh, it's really important to understand that, um, that, that, that those principles, the principles of marketing, I would argue are applicable everywhere, whether or not it's, you know, you're going on a first date or whether or not you're doing artwork or whether or not you're doing financial work, or even if it's, you know, doing some mundane work, um, what you're really doing is you're, you're being that authentic self. And that's really what people want. They don't, I, you know, I think we're well beyond the, you know, I'm going to put on my, my husband mask to act a certain way, or my girlfriend mask to ask, ask another way or act another way, because ultimately that's just going to show somebody that you're not who you are, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that's, that's, that's really very insightful and, and, it, and, and deep if you think about it and, and hopefully people will consider that right <clears throat> now, as far as marketing goes, um, and this would be, this is a question that, that I was pondering recently in light of the fact that although I'm not after likes and followers, right, I've, I've kind of stepped beyond that. And I, I am kind of pivoting myself towards what does Kim need as versus, you know, what does John want? Right. Um, of course it takes work and I'm still working on it. So, right. I'm not there yet. Um, but you know, when you want to get the word out, right. Let's say like let's podcast, for example, right. Um, I'd like more people to watch and to listen. And yet I think on YouTube, I've got 46 followers and there are billions of people in the world. So while again, it's not about that, what would you suggest for folks that really want to build a following or a viewership because they really want to get the word out? I mean, what would you offer? You know, that's a complex question too. Like you can go deep into the technicalities of, you know, keywords and algorithms and things like that and the, the psychology of that. Um, and there's definitely things you can do. It's hard. I mean, YouTube for sure. Um, mm. I was just talking to this, this branding expert the other day and he's like, Oh, YouTube, it's so hard to grow a new <laughs> channel right now. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think the best thing you can do is just be consistent, not look at the numbers and keep growing that list or that library of content, mm -hmm. because that's kind of how the internet is working on see it as the stuff you're posting, whether whatever platform it happens to be, if it's YouTube, say, I mean, yes, you definitely want to be looking at things like hashtags and keywords in your title, right? Mm -hmm. Those that's kind of technical, 
but you want to just be building up that library of content and it has to be congruent. It has to be, it can't be all over the place. It can't be talking about what you ate for lunch yesterday and then talking about um, how to pitch a baseball, right? You know what I mean? It's got to be very much this topic so that the algorithm knows and the internet knows John Cole talks about this. Right. And now we're going to start saying he's known for this. And we're going to start sending people who are searching for, you know, growing their artist business or whatever happens to be, whatever you say you are here to take a stand for, we're going to start sending those people, if they're searching for that, to John. So being consistent, knowing what your message is, who you help and why. And, and again, putting the, putting the focus on them. So you're actively saying, who you're calling out, who you want to have consuming right. your videos, your content, and so that they know they're in the right place. And because, you know, if you've ever experienced that for yourself, if like someone starts talking and it's almost like, oh my God, they're reading my mind. <laughs> like, right. how do they know this about me? You really lean in more, right? right? So that's kind of kind of where it's at for me, but being consistent and not being like, oh, that video only got you know, I'm in that camp too. Uh, if you go to my YouTube page, I probably have like, I, I don't even know, I might even have like six followers or something mm -hmm. like that. I haven't really built it up at all, but it's just like being consistent and putting the content out there is going to pay off, even if it doesn't feel like it right away. Right. What do you, what, how do you feel about, um, I'll take Facebook, for example, um, you know, I'll post something and then maybe a day later they'll say, well, if you spend $10, we can get you 470. I mean, is that even worth the effort? Do you think? I think for a Facebook page, like if you have a Facebook business page, it's worthwhile mm -hmm. to grow the followers on that page for two reasons, right? If you're ever going to start being like doing business with other people, or you want to start reaching out to big influencers and say, Hey, I want you on my, my podcast. They're going to start to do their homework and look and see. And it's like, if they click through to your Facebook page and there's only a couple hundred people, they're going to think one thing. And then if they see there's a hundred thousand people, they'll be like, Oh, this person's legitimate, right? They're going to give you more credibility. So doing like a like campaign to grow that page's following, I think is worthwhile. That can be just to boost a post, just to get more people to see that post, maybe not so much, but doing a campaign to get more people to like it, to boost the ratings of that. And then, then theoretically, <laughs> theoretically, Facebook should start showing your content to those people more often, as long as it's like engaging content. It's hard still, but. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Karen Albert's online. She says that's reassuring, Kim. I'm not exactly sure what she was referring to. And maybe, Karen, if you could let us know what was reassuring, we could address that again. But uh, but Karen's on. So thank you for, for tuning in live tonight, Karen. Hey, Karen. Um, yeah. The um, yeah. Social media and, and marketing and, and, you know, and it's for anything, you know, there are potential costs, right? As you're suggesting, if you want to do a campaign type thing, right, or if you just want more people to see. Now, what about you know, for, for small business and I'm not talking, you know, less than 20 people, I'm talking sole proprietorships like myself or like you, you're basically a sole proprietorship as well. Um, is there, it, where do we, how would we divide our time and efforts in terms of social media when we're looking at Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, like this is, you know, and then the, the, for the podcast side specifically, which is really kind of a completely different animal because YouTube itself, although it boasts a podcast option, 
doesn't provide a RSS feed to share with other podcasts, right? So if as I broadcast on YouTube, I now have to download this file, make some edits in order to push it over to Spotify to get it, right? And then if you add in TikTok, if you add into, you know, um, I don't know what, there's just a laundry list, right? That is a big effort. It is a huge effort and it's really hard to grow multiple platforms at one time. So I think you kind of have to look at how much time you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, if, if things start to feel like a chore, then it's going to be less likely that when you're recording your videos or writing your content, it's your energy comes through. This is what I firmly believe. Our energy is always, everything is energy. So if we're approaching something as like, oh God, I don't want to do this. So I'm going to do it anyway. Cause I said, I'd record a video. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably not going to be the best, most engaging video. So you have to find what is your sweet spot of like where you're in your zone of genius and feeling like I'm so inspired. It's kind of a trap. Cause like some people, again, I work with very intuitive people. So they're like, I'm only going to create content when it feels aligned and I'm inspired. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But I, I honor and respect that, but you know, you also have to have consistent stuff out there. So if you're going to be doing inspired content, you're going to have to bank a bunch of stuff at one time so that mm-hmm. it can be sent out over time and not just like, you're not going to just post 20 videos and then nothing for two weeks, you know? Um, so it's finding that kind of dance of like, yes, following who you are and how you work, but you need to have structure in place as well. And it, again, if you're not delegating to some team member, somebody who's going to do the posting for you, then you kind of have to figure out what's the structure that's going to work for me in order to, is it that I only want to create once a week or I create content a week in advance so that I have, I don't have the pressure of having to create. It's really kind of finding that there's no like do this system and this will work because we'll start to resist it. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And And I think, think, yeah, the key word there is, and, and, and again, this is, and again, I love this conversation because a lot of what you're saying are, are things that I've thought about, but really never had an answer to. So I really appreciate you um, being so forthcoming on this because it's important, I think. Um, but, you know, feeling that obligation, that's that's mm-hmm. a difficult place to be. And you're right. I think if something doesn't quite feel, because again, we're talking about authenticity here, right? We're talking about marketing, but we're also talking about being authentic because we're basically presenting ourselves, right? Right. Uh, we're marketing ourselves in a roundabout way in some cases, and in other cases, it's pretty in your face. Um, but the other piece of that is there is effort. There is effort involved. <laughs> There's effort involved. And I think part of your original question was like, how do you decide how to divide your time? And right. I kind of started to say, well, it's hard to grow multiple platforms at any given time. But if you're going to pay attention to your podcast and your YouTube channel and your Facebook page. Um, It's all about repurposing content. Like don't be afraid to repurpose and put things multiple places and, and post things more than once because, and we think that too, it's so funny. We're like, I mean, I do this, my clients all do this. We're like, but I said that same message last week. It's like, but only a very small fraction of your followers saw it. And maybe they didn't even really read it. Like, so you, and we all need to hear things more than once. So whatever it is, if you're posting your artwork or it's a piece of content that you have to share, just put a different title on it, post it again. Um, even the biggest influ- influencers, they do that. You know, it's not like it's 
against the law or anything like that. Right, and right. people don't get annoyed. People aren't like, I'm unsubscribing because I heard that same thing from you last week or two months ago. They're not going to remember. So I think yeah, repurposing yeah. is huge. Yeah. And, and I, I'll, I'll admit, I don't do that. And that's only because this is a, a misconception. My misconception is, is that if I post it, people are going to read it. Right. You know, and, and you're absolutely right. I don't know how many times, especially the way these algorithms work, you know, Facebook is horrible for that. I'll see a post by Kim Nishida and then I go back later on this afternoon and I'll be darned if I can find that darn thing. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that, that idea is just fantastic. And I really, matter of fact, um, two or three hours ago when I was doing some other stuff uh, online, I started looking up methods for not repurposing, but basically creating reels out of some of these interviews that I've had, because I think that's something that I haven't done that I should do, you know? There, well, and John, do you know that there are apps out there? There are tools out there that will do that for you. Cause there's one, and I'm just going to, if I can get it really quickly, there's one that I use, I think it's called video V I D Y O. Okay. So basically you upload your long form video, like your podcast interview, you upload that video and then it will, the AI, I know it's all about AI these days. The AI will take, will chop it into little clips. It'll say like, it'll, their suggested clips and it'll say, this is what we think would make a good clip. And they'll be like less than a minute long. It'll, it'll create like 20 or 30 of them from your, really? your interview. And then you can go back and see, and, and it does all these cool templates and stuff. So it makes it super easy. So you don't have to be like, where's the best part to clip from here to here? Um, that sounds yeah. exactly, that sounds like exactly what I need, by the way. So man, yeah. you were, and it, you're just giving it to me good that tonight. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're asking the questions. Yeah. And it yeah. transcribes it. It does all the stuff for you. So that's, there's a few out there, so you can definitely Google it. It's, it's out there. And Karen said, hi, I was referring to the time it takes to gain followers and interest. So yeah. Yeah. Keep at it. <laughs> yeah. Keep at it. Right. So, um, I, I can't believe we're at 26 minutes already. And one of the things I definitely want to ask you about, and I'm very, very proud of you because coming up in October um, is the uh, is Allison Roberts Behind the Power, which is an amazing event down in Atlanta. And you've been asked to be a speaker. I'm a featured speaker this yeah. year. Yes, I'm so excited. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, are you going to be talking about... Um, and I certainly don't want to spill the beans because I really encourage folks to take a look at the website and I'll put that website up because it's changed. Um, Allison switch vendors. And uh, I want to make sure that folks have the opportunity to see what this, what this is all about. Um, but are you going to be speaking to marketing business? You're going to be talking about something specific just, just to kind of give us kind of wet our appetites a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. My content, my, Topic is conscious marketing. So it's, I'm really all about talking about marketing that feels good and aligned for you so that you can then reach those soul aligned people who you're meant to help in the world. That's really what it's all about. Oh, that sounds great. And I know that's going to fit right in um, with this year's agenda. Uh, I'm going to be talking this year. I'm going to be talking about fear because fear and me seem to go hand in hand a lot. And it's something that I'm trying to break because fear is probably one of, well, I guess say probably it's the reason why I'm not doing half the things that I really feel passionate about uh, because I'm always afraid to do it. And I think the message that I want to tell folks is that um, fear is just resistance. You know, 
me, me posting videos or me repurposing isn't a life or death situation. It's just me resisting doing that for, for some other reason. And uh, that's really going to be my message this year. So I myself, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I can't wait to hear your talk, John. I know that's the topic that, you know, that's a subject that I've grappled with myself. And, you know, I've have client, I, there's not a single client on the planet. Even I just had a, um, a meeting with a client earlier today, who's a multi-million dollar client. And she definitely has fear, still yeah. has fear, been in business for over 20 years. So it's, it's a real thing. And so can't wait yeah. to hear you talk about it. I got to laugh because behind me sitting on this chair is this, um, well, I was going to call her a stray, but she's actually ours now because now she's kind of spending a lot of time with us here. But what's really interesting is that when you observe animals, you know, with the exception of being chased by a coyote or being chased by a human for whatever reason, they don't really have that innate fear. I don't, you know, I watched the cat who's been a stray for quite some time. And I don't see her reacting the way I would react to conversations or towards other things that happen in her life. It's just really interesting how we do that. And we don't really need to. No, we definitely don't. Not when we're, and I think this is what I, I believe about marketing as well is just being in the present moment. A lot of times we're rarely in the present moment, right? We're always in the past or we're worried about the future. And that's what brings up that resistance and that's what happens in marketing as well. We're just worried about what are people going to think or what if it doesn't work and what happened last time we tried something and that didn't go so well, right. you know? So like when you're in the present moment though, you're like, you can reconnect with again, your own truth, um, why you're here to do this work, why it's so important to you, why it's something you can't not do. Mm-hmm. And then when you start creating from there, it's just so much easier. It's just kind of, that's when the magic can happen. Right. The same thing happens when I imagine when you're creating your own artwork. Right. Are you thinking about the past or the future when you're doing your artwork? No, there's you know, that's 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 a great question. And, you know, really, when when I'm in the middle of of doing a piece of artwork that's not forced. Right. And, And fortunately, I have the luxury of not having to put myself in that situation because every request that I receive for like pet portraits specifically when I'm working on that, you're absolutely right. It's the past and the present no longer exist. It's in that moment, feeling the feelings and really just enjoying that process of, well, I'll use the term co-creating because you're really co-creating with the universe as you're putting together this art piece. And it's only when I'm done that the past and the future push in and then you're like oh my god is kim really gonna like this oh boy i hope she's you know what i mean which is a shame that 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 happens but um but yeah when you're in the moment um it's just an amazing thing and i think you know i love this conversation too i know we're wrapping up but i love the fact that you start the more you start to have the awareness you start to be like, oh, that thing's happening again. <laughs> that thing is happening where I'm starting to worry about what this person's going to think. And it's like, oh, of course that's happening. It's always happened. And I'm just going to say, no, I'm not worried about it. This is why I put my heart and soul in here. I know it's what's meant to be. This is what the universe said I needed to create. And that's what I'm going to do. I, so I think the more we build awareness, we just start to kind of, I come at it from like a, like, a humorous point of view, I get really curious and just be like, Oh, of course that happened. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause the fact of the matter is, you know, 
there's really nothing you can do about to control the future, no matter how much you plan. Cause I mean, I spent years in the service contingency planning. So you're planning for all these variables. And the, and the really funny part is, is that 99% of the time, what happens is even not even what you plan right. for. It might be a variation of, but there's always going to be something that you do not expect. And I think when we live our lives in that position of fear, where we're always worried about this thing that may or may not happen, uh, I think we're doing ourselves a dis disservice and we end up living our lives in fear. And that's scary. You know, you can't market yourself and you can't be authentic if you're in this state of fear, you know, and, you know, and you're right. I think the self-awareness is a key factor for that. Yeah. You know, as artists, I think we're here. Our job is to create and our job is not to control, you know, right, our job yeah. is to kind of let it go after that. So I can't wait to hear your talk, John. It's going to be I can't wait to see you in person. It's been a couple of years. So mm -hmm. really looking forward to being at the event with you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you as, you as well, Kim. Now, if people wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, my website is my name. It's kimnishida.com. And that would be the best place to go. Awesome. All right. Well, Kim, you know, I so much appreciate you spending this time with me. Um, hopefully you'll come back and we can talk again because there's just, just, just based on this conversation, I just realized there's these ton of little avenues that we could go down and really spend some time talking about. So hopefully you'll do that, do that with me in the future. Yeah. Anytime you invite me, I will say yes and show up. So awesome. Well, thank you so much. Now folks, next week I've, I'm going to be interviewing April small. Now April is a small business owner who is Massachusetts based. And I'm really looking forward to talking to April because she's an amazing artist and she's doing some really creative things. So I will say goodnight to everyone. I hope everyone has a wonderful week and I will talk to all of you next Tuesday. See ya. Thank you so very much for joining me on the Art Talk podcast, where it's my goal to bring artists together to talk about their craft. If you'd like to join me for a conversation, please reach out via email at johncoleartist at gmail.com or by visiting my website at johnrobertcole.com. So until next time, keep crafting, painting, and inspiring others with your creativity. You make more of an impact than you know. See ya.